welcome to Unbroken. I'm Alexandra Amore. I'm an author, a coach, and a lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life and the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including letting go of unwanted habits. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary video series, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. And now, here's the show. Janelle Sims, welcome to Unbroken. Thank you, Alexandra. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see you. Nice to see you too. So we're going to, this today's going to be a little bit different. I'll just explain to the listeners in that, you know, it's going to be less of an interview and more of a conversation since you and I are friends and I had this subject came up that I was interested in. So before yeah. we jump into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got interested in the principles, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, I'm kind of somewhat retired right now, but um, my background was in training and people development. And um, for a long time, I spent learning how to fix myself and other people through self-help. But I still suffered a little bit um, with ongoing depression. And um, at some point, I just eventually gave up because I got fed up of trying to fix myself. (laughs) (laughs) And um, at that time is when I came across the three principles. And I think there's some significance in that. Although who knows, you know, they say once you surrender, then you then (laughs) then all of a sudden you see things that you didn't see before. So um, or when the teachers when students ready, the teacher appears. But um, yeah, I wasn't looking. I stopped looking. I stopped reading books. I stopped doing all of that stuff. And um, I just happened to come across a blog of a, a former um, manager that I used to work for. And she mentioned working with someone else that I knew and they were working with these people called the Pranskis. And I knew everything about self-help and I'd never heard of the Pranskis before. So um, I just Googled their name and I came across this thing called the three principles movies site, which doesn't exist anymore, but um, it's stored on another website Anyway, I just watched a couple of the videos, um, Sid Banks and um, uh, George Pransky and Linda Pransky and then Jack Pransky. And um, it was about an hour in probably watching them and thinking how um, unprofessional the the videos were. Like they were just, (laughs) you know, these people having these kind of conversations. And I I just kind of was snickering and they're laughing at that at the time and um, or being amused by it. And um, at some point, I just heard Jack Pransky say, how can we take ourselves seriously in light of the fact that we're making it up? And I didn't hear that like I'd ever heard anything before. And I had a huge um, physical uh, change from one moment before I was um, fully in the heaviness of my experience of life in thought. And the next moment I was just free of it all. And I realized um, how all my suffering had been self-created through my thinking unknowingly and innocently. And um, 
I just experienced some sort of a spiritual awakening, <laughs> you know, mm. um, I felt uh, this experience of impersonal, unconditional love. And um, I realized, oh, this is what God is, <laughs> you mm. know, this is what all the wise have been pointing to throughout time. Mm. So um, the experience lasted about three days. And um then I kind of slowly started getting back to what, how I felt before. But um, since then, I've, I've always had that as kind of a North Star for me. You know, there's a truth in that for me that I can keep on leaning back into. And I've just been unwrapping that for the last 10 years since, <laughs> since I had that insight. <laughs> kind of slowly uh, realizing the next layer of personal crazy of thinking that I've added on to, onto my existence that makes me suffer. <laughs> mm. wow. So that's how I came across principles. Yeah. 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 And would you say like, what effect do you think that that understanding has had on your life? It, it's odd because um, it doesn't feel like it's changed anything and yet it kind of also at the same time feels um, profoundly significant it's like all the outer world around me hasn't changed you know I'm still in the same body I still have the same house and the same friends and um, uh, you know I was working the same job so none of that really changed um, immediately but over time but at the same time I saw everything differently I was a different it was like I was looking through different eyes you know Mm -hmm. I was experiencing everything differently um I wasn't getting um as uh triggered or upset by things I wasn't um and I just knew that there was this other truth. And even if I did get uh, upset, which I still did lots, I still do. <laughs> um, I come out of it quicker or I have some sense of I know what's going on. So I don't have to dig into it as deeply as as I did before. Um, so it, I don't feel like a lot of people really haven't said that I've changed at all. Um, but I certainly feel um I certainly feel like it, it, there's a Janelle before there was a clear Janelle before that experience and a Janelle after, you know? Yeah. Right. And you talked about, and we've touched on this before about sort of the self-help exploration and dealing with depression and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. do you, um, what's your, what's your experience of depression been since then? I still have it. Yeah, Mm. I'm still in and out of it. Um, But I see it entirely differently. And um, I, yeah, I just have a different experience of it. It, In some cases, it can feel even worse than it did before, like the feelings can be even stronger in some ways. Um, But there's this part of me that knows what's going on. And it's kind of like, oh, well, this is the latest thing that my thinking is up to. And and I'm more accepting of it or understanding of it. I know what's happening in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's happening or why it's happening. Um, and sometimes I want to know how and why. But um, I'm just aware that there's, it's almost like the whole thing created a separation between me and my experience of life. 
you know? Mm. So now there's this little me, Janelle, the little girl who I've been all along. Um, And before um, I was attached to all the experiences outside of me and, and within me. And now it's like, I get to be more of, um, I still have the pain. I still have suffering. I still have challenges, but I'm more of a, a watcher because I'm aware that in between me and the experience is this flow of thinking that's creating in me that experience, regardless of what's going on outside of me or inside of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't said. know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, totally, it totally does. Yes. Yeah. Very well said. Thank you. So Thanks. let's, yeah, let's jump in. I, I reproached you and said that I'd had this experience and um, wanted to just talk about it. So I'll, yeah. for, the, for the listeners, I'll just explain. I was in Portland a few weeks ago with Michael Neal and Barbara Patterson at a little weekend retreat. And um, there was a woman at the, at the event and she was Michael had explained the difference between um, experience and circumstances and how there's an impermeable line between those two things. And we innocently, you know, before we come across this understanding, we think that they're the same. We think that we have um, a circumstance that's going on and that our experience is, is a reaction to that circumstance. And um so we had sort of been having that discussion for a little while. So that's, he was, you know, that was a way of explaining the nature of thought that it comes from the inside out. It doesn't come from the outside in, even though we often think it looks that way. Yeah. So there was this woman who was asking a question. And one of the things that she was explaining was that she felt like she was a sensitive person um, to the people around her. So her mom was actually there at the retreat with her and they're very close. And, you know, she said she often, um, you know, feel could feel upset or whatever if her mom was going through something. And so what she was pointing to was, was sort of what she was trying to say to Michael was it's not, it's not that way. You know, it it doesn't come from the inside out. It comes from the outside in. And what he actually said in response to her was, well, you're not actually sensitive to what's going on on the outside. You're sensitive to your thinking. And it kind of, that really kind of rocked my world. And I, you know, I got so much out of the weekend and I um, learned a lot and connected with so many nice people, but that sentence was the thing I really walked away with uh, and have been contemplating ever since. Yeah. So all that is to say, (laughs) When you hear that, you know, that we are sensitive to our thinking, what, what comes up for you? Yeah. You know, I've been reflecting on it too, since you shared it with me, Um, because I have all sorts of ideas that can come up about it, but I'm curious first, what, what was it that you got out of it? Why do you think it kind of shook you up a little bit or rocked your world a little bit? Yeah. Great question. I think it, I mean, you know, I've been in this understanding for several years now. So I, so I knew, um, I, I, and I know that our experience comes from the inside out, but it was that word sensitive that kind of was the thing that really Mm. struck me. 
And I guess what occurred to me was that, well, I guess where I went was I was wondering if, since on this podcast, I often talk about dealing with unwanted habits. So I started to wonder if people with unwanted habits are a little more sensitive to their thinking than others. And if, you know, if that's part of what's going on. So there was that aspect to it. And I think the other part was that it just really reinforced this idea that, that our experience is coming from the inside out. It's not coming from the outside in. And uh, yeah, there's some other stuff in there too, but I'll, I'll stop there for now. Yeah. I love that. I I like, um, as you were talking about the sensitivity, um, I had been reflecting on that too. And I was thinking that um, in a way we're all very sensitive. Like every human being is sensitive. I think what it is, is it's just what we're sensitive to, Mm. you know, like the, it's the, whatever track of our thinking that attracts our attention the most. Mm. So for me, I call it my personal crazy, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's the habitual stuff that, that keeps coming back um, that I tend to focus on. So, um, so for example, right now, uh, well, for example, I've always been, I was sick a lot when I was a little kid and being sick was a, a theme of mine for a variety of reasons. And um, so I already have a lot of thinking about it. And lately over the last year and longer, um, I've been getting more and more symptoms that, that are bothering me. <laughs> and um, I've noticed that when I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing I'm doing with my mind is checking my body, you know, for the, all the different parts that are. And I was curious about that. Like, why don't I just wake up? happy and ready to start the day, why am I already just kind of going through this inventory of what's bothering me? (laughs) (laughs) And that's just what I am sensitive to. You know, that's what, what I've had a habit of paying more attention to. Mm -hmm. And um, I have other things that I pay attention to. And, um, but there's other things that, um, you know, over the last 10 years, I told you, I've been kind of unpacking this. I'm beginning to become more aware of the things that I wasn't aware of before, you Mm -hmm. know, and um, noticing how I can just see one thing, and then all of a sudden, I'll um, notice something else. So um, one example is, um, I go for these neighborhood walks. And probably lots of people go for neighborhood walks and don't really pay much attention to their surroundings. But I have this uh, sensitivity to noticing all the quirky, weird stuff in people's yards and their houses or the cat peeking out the window or things that appear funny to me. And I saw this sculpture that someone had made and they put these four wheels and bicycle parts on a fence. And I just thought, well, that's really weird looking and kind of cool. And so I took a picture of it. And I didn't think much more about it. And also what was interesting was there was a path up to the bicycle. So obviously people had walked up to it. And I thought, that's great. There's a path through the snow that I can get to to take a better picture of it because I've only got my cell phone with me. So I was kind of happy about that. And so I walk away with my picture and I take it home. And 
this often happens. I look at the picture and I see more in it than I did when I was standing right next to it. Mm. So before it was just four wheels and there were bicycle parts. But then when I looked at it a couple more times again, I noticed, oh my goodness, all the wheels are attached. And what the person has done is there's a pedal crank in the middle. And if you you crank the pedal in the middle, then all four wheels will spin. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like I had a sensitivity to noticing something that other people might not have noticed, this sculpture. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have a sensitivity that other people have probably noticed because there was a path right up to that bike that impelled them to go up and crank the, like they noticed the crank right away. And I didn't until later, you know? Yeah. So I think there's that kind of stuff um, that we can begin to see how we're sensitive to things like that when we're not sensitive to others and sensitive, just being another word for me, where my habit of focus goes, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a great way to look at it. I love that. And I, as you're saying that, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And, you know, I was as just before we started our call, I was kind of sitting here thinking about the times when I feel sensitive to stuff. And there are certain areas of life um, where I do and where things feel sort of high stakes is the way I wrote it down. And then there's other stuff and I can just notice, you know, if I'm with someone else or in a situation where the other person is feeling very sensitive to something and it might not have even occurred to me to notice whatever that thing was that was going on. So, you know, another example would be, say, if someone is um, frightened of dogs you know, and mm-hmm. you're out for a walk and I might not even notice that there's a dog coming towards yeah. me, but the person who's, who's worried about that would. Yeah. 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 And so that, that makes total sense to me too, because um, if I'm always sensitive to, or paying attention to what I think is going on in other people's minds, then I'm going to think that I'm, uh, I'm experiencing their experience, you know, and um, I have some sensitivity to that too. You know, I've been around some people who I know who are angry. Mm. And so I walk a little bit on eggshells around them, you know, so in those, because of, I know of a particular habit of experience or frequency of experience I'm sensitive in a different way with that person than I would be with other person who I don't pay attention to their mood at all. Cause they don't, they don't freak out, you know? <laughs> yeah. So there's also that where uh, those kinds of things will happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, one of the things that occurred to me as well, while I was thinking about this was Mavis Karn has this great quote about how you can't slip a thought past the body. And I just love that so much. And what occurred to me is that one of the reasons that we might feel like we're sensitive to things is because we're noticing the reaction of our body when we have certain thoughts about certain things. So this young woman, going back to the example at the workshop, um, you know, one of her examples was really about her mom and she was really connected to her mom and and felt like 
you know, when her mom was upset, it really affected her and that kind of thing. So what occurred to me was that she, you know, those thoughts that were occurring about her mom, if her mom was upset, do have some sort of resonance in her, in her body. You know, she does feel that. Yeah. Um, And just as we're saying, though, um, somebody else, you know, might have a relationship with their mom where they don't have that going on. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would guess there'd be some sort of dynamic um, that she doesn't want her mother to be upset. And so she's sensitive to that, you know, Mm. and so it's kind of um, uh, always on guard, you know, and uh, paying attention to that. So, um, because that, uh, because internally she's got lots of thinking about that and it does something to her within, you know, um, one of the things that came to mind when you were talking about that was, um, an example of when you see a movie or a video of a guy, um, who gets hit in the groin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I don't have what men do, you know? But when it happens, I do get a visceral sensation to it, you know, like I I can feel my body kind of go into a fetal position, you know, and I can feel um, my stomach tighten up right away. And I can feel a focus on the groin area, you know, like you can, and I don't even have, (laughs) I don't even have what they have, you know. But it's really powerful, that feeling. When I Mm -hmm. see that happen, I can feel it in me right away. Now, nothing has happened to me. I'm just watching something on a screen, and I'm interpreting what I see with my own thinking. And as I'm interpreting it somehow, my body is not only giving me thoughts about it, but feelings about it at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. And even though I don't have what they have... I, it's, it's a very convincing feeling that, and it happens instantaneously. Like that's the other thing too, with thought, there's no time between or no discernible time between um, my experiences happening um, outside of me or within me, whatever the experiences or circumstances and my experience of them even though there is this interpretation system going on, I don't notice the interpretation system. You know, it's, it's, it happens immediately. Yeah. Yeah, That's such a good point. It's so instantaneous um, that of course we would assume that it's, yeah, yeah, that we're responding to the outside. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting that we don't see that because we do know how movies affect us. You know, um, you know, you can just see something come up on the screen and you'll start tearing up right away, you know, because you know what's going to happen in a commercial or a story or whatever and um, or have any kind of reaction, whatever it is. You know, um, my husband and I uh, will watch some of our favorite funny movies and we're already looking at each other and laughing in preparation for the next thing that's coming up, you know, (laughs) that hasn't even happened yet because we, we know it so well. So there, yeah, there is this thing about it happening instantaneously, but for me, since I had that experience, um, I don't have any question of where my experience is coming from. 
um, and so it always appears to me, I shouldn't say it always appears to me. I know the truth of it at some level all the time, but I forget it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it really does feel to me like my um, anger or frustration or laughter or whatever it is, is being created um, entirely by whatever in the world is bumping into me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realize, oh, it's almost like there is something where light comes into a crystal and kind of, um, but it's like it's it, light will come into the crystal. And so it clearly comes into the crystal and comes out of the crystal, you know, but it comes in as a solid beam of white light and that refracts into thousands of colors of other lights. And it's like, to a certain extent, that's what my thought is, is it's like a crystal. So these things happen, but they come through my thought system. And then somehow my thought system chooses one of those beams of light in how to experience it. And that's where my sensitivity is. You know, I'm more sensitive to the green light that comes out rather than the blue light or the yellow light, you know. Or in a particular situation, maybe I'm not so sensitive to the green light. I'm more sensitive to the yellow light because, um, uh, yeah, just because I'm more aware of it or I'm, you know, protecting myself in some way. Uh, it's a habit, you know, mm-hmm. that we've learned to pay attention to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do you think if, if someone has a certain area in their life, like you mentioned, you know, angry people, that's, that's a bit of a sensitivity for me. I don't um, deal with, you know, when people are really angry, I I tend to freak out a little bit um, <laughs> because I was raised by very angry people. Um, so if we have a situation like that, where we're feeling kind of sensitive to it, um, what do you think, if anything, we can do about that, <laughs> that sensitivity? Yeah. I mean, always my first reaction is that I can't, I can't um, know what anyone else should do. Mm. I can only know how to potentially navigate myself. And the only thing I know is that um, I can be aware of it or not. So sometimes the experience will happen and I'll get maybe anxious and I won't realize that I'm in my anxiousness and I will, um, you know, do stuff to protect myself because of that anxiousness, not even realizing that I'm doing it. But sometimes when the anxiousness arises, it I'll always, I always feel it in my body. I just, it's whether I notice it or not. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll notice it. And sometimes that noticing is enough to give me some distance from my automatic reaction to it. Um, It's like a space between the action and the reaction. Now, it doesn't mean that I still won't go into my crazy thinking, you know, because I just never know what's going to happen in the moment. It's like, um, it's almost like there, 
there is a wave of up and down level of consciousness or whatever you, you want to put it. If I tend to be in a, in a better mood or I'm feeling, um, feeling pretty good, when an anxious thought appears, I will just happen to be less likely to glom onto it, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm um, already in a bad mood and anxiousness arises, then um, it'll be stickier. Mm. And I have not noticed in 10 years any way of changing, <laughs> changing that, you know? Yeah. It still happens. But I have a very strong sense that because I do see things differently than I did before and know at some level, there's a part of me that's always remembering, oh, that anxiousness isn't coming from an actual problem I have to deal with out there. That anxiousness is coming from a lot of habitual thinking that I'm carrying and I'm, I'm just sensitive to. And that um, that's where the problem is. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if we even call that a problem, it's, it's not a problem. It's just um, me becoming more and more aware of that and not feeling bad that I get stuck in that um, because I can go down that route too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> Why I know the principles. Why can't I get out of this thought storm? You know, <laughs> yes. and that's just, sensitivity to feeling bad about myself for not being able to do something I want to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing that occurs to me too, is that I've really kind of settled down in those situations because I have finally learned um, from people like you and from Mavis Karn and all the other teachers that that there that our design will always tell us about the experience that we're having and you know maybe we <laughs> maybe we can be a bit sensitive to that as well but the point is that it's it's never going to it's never going to not tell us what's going on you know we're never going to be in the dark about what our thinking is doing in you know to us or in us for lack of a better yeah. way to say it yeah. yeah and so just that being aware that we that we are always aware of what's going on is a real comfort to me now that doesn't change like if i'm in a really a situation where i'm feeling a lot of anxious thinking and i'm really feeling sensitive to whatever's going on it it might not it probably doesn't usually make that experience go away, yeah. uh, you know, in that very moment. Yeah. But, but even as you said, right off the top, at, even just knowing a little bit more about what's happening creates this tiny little gap or space yeah. between the observer, me, the observer and the experience that I'm having. So yeah. There's an element of trust here, I guess, is mm -hmm. what I wanted to point out, that we can trust ourselves, we can trust our design. And then it it's also, like you said, it's it's not really, a, it's not a problem. It's just a thing that's happening that, yeah, that we're noticing. Yeah. You know, um, 
it's something I still keep on learning over and over and over again. And, you know, I'm, I'm also seeing more and more about it that um, this life isn't about me personally, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like there's this nature that's flowing through me and creating my experience. And um, I don't know how it works and I don't know um, why it does the things that it does. And I can find kind of correlations to things and past experiences and why habits might be there. But um, I think every time I go there, I make this um, much smaller than is helpful for me. And I think if I keep on going back to maybe what you refer to as trust, Mm -hmm. but just that there's kind of more going on here and I don't need to understand it to um, function because I have this very simple thing that's going on. Like you said, my body is always telling me where I am on that scale between in my personal, crazy, fearful, insecure, anxious, um, depressed, or if I'm lighthearted, clear, um, content, peaceful, happy. You know, I'm always on that scale somewhere. And it's never, to me, got anything to do with what's going on in outside circumstances other than I have habits of sensitivity to certain things, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. But because of that, my thinking will go in the direction of the more tense, you know, the more tense and heavy Mm -hmm. and uh, disturbing thinking. And when I'm not paying attention to that stuff, it's very light, Mm -hmm. you know? I've had... um, all sorts of examples of where I've been in very difficult situations and it's been not a problem at all, you know, um, being in a car accident and um, having an experience of just time slowing down and I had no fear at all. And it felt like I had five minutes to figure out what to do, you know, and there was no figuring out there was just doing and it was easy. I had another one where I was held up at knife point and it was the exact same experience where Um, I just knew what to do. And I immediately, I had this idea in my mind of all the things that could possibly happen and what I was going to do based on each scenario. And it was easy and it was clear. Mm -hmm. And yet I've had another experience where someone was breaking into the house and I went into total freak out mode. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't even think of the simple thing, which was, okay, if they're breaking in the one door, you can run out the other door. But I couldn't like that didn't come to me, you know, there were no scenarios coming to me. I was just in freak out mode, not knowing what to do. And um, that didn't have anything to do with any of those experiences. Those experiences did create, um, you know, and there was an action and a, a reaction by me, like there is stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. But my reaction is has been totally informed by whatever my thinking was doing in that moment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really peaceful and clear and just, uh, I don't have to think, it just does it. And other times I'm just in it and fearful. And, and when I'm in that state, um, 
I'm just not clear and I can't come up with ideas and I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my emotions get really heightened in that way. And, um, and yeah, and and for me, there's nothing I can do about it. Because the more I try to change from one to the other, the more I'm kind of resisting what naturally wants to happen through me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm beginning to understand that the thought system doesn't want resistance to it. So Mm -hmm. if I don't engage in it, if I happen to notice it, and if I somehow not engage in it or just allow it to happen, um, that's what kind of allows it to do what it needs to do. Um, And yeah, and there's also even a part about where I'm beginning to see it's okay more and more to feel shitty. (laughs) Like like there's, uh, it's not something that I don't have to be in anymore. And um, I'm learning to appreciate that more and more. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there's a beautiful, like it's, it seems like a really beautiful thing to me to be able to sit in any kind of experience and to just be in it and um, do whatever you do within that experience to manage it or not manage it or to allow it or allow not allow it and to be okay with that no matter what, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And so that, you know, that brings kind of makes me think of the sensitivity that we have to our moods, you know, and I had um, just very connected to that, had an experience this morning as I was getting ready. So the last couple of days I've been in kind of a low mood and yesterday I was a bit caught up in what to do about that, you know, how I could fix it, how I could change it. What did it mean? You know, um, about me or about my business or whatever it was. And then today I woke up again, same sort of low mood and I was in the shower and I just had this thought that what, you know, what if I just let it be? And those words are so easy to say, but it came with such a nice energy and it was like some weight lifted off my shoulders. And the example I thought of was now it's, um, it's really bucketing down rain here today uh, where I live. And it's the same sort of thing. If I, you know, decide to be upset about the, what the weather is doing, it's that old metaphor, you know, that creates a lot of tension in me. But once I just let it be what it was, this low mood, I, I just felt myself relax. It was such a nice feeling. And I think your point about, not being able to control this stuff too, though, is such yeah. a good one because, you know, I didn't want to be caught up yesterday in the low mood. That was just <laughs> what was happening. And, and I don't think it was me personally that, that had, you know, the intelligence to, to not be so serious about that low mood this morning. I think that came from somewhere else as well, that, came from the universal intelligence that's flowing through us, the life force, whatever it is. So yeah, that's, we could have a a different podcast episode about about that entirely, I think. Yeah, so fascinating. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how that happens and no. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, you know, I've had all sorts of teachers, including in the three principles and um, others in the spiritual world that my eyes got opened up to after that experience um, that I've enjoyed watching and listening to. And um, they all have explanations and um, uh, a lot of it will make sense to me mm-hmm. when it probably wouldn't have made sense before. Um, but from my own direct experience, I really do often feel like I just don't know what's going on. All I know, you know, all I can say, like, if you ask me, what can I say for sure? Mm. (laughs) You know, I can say for sure that when I'm in a lower mood, I tend to take things more seriously. And when I'm in a better mood, I tend to take things more lightheartedly and easier. And I'm, my mind is clearer mm-hmm. and I navigate life with much more grace. And when I'm in a lower mood, quite often, I do want to be in a better mood. <laughs> <laughs> and my efforts at trying to change, I've noticed, don't seem to help me get to a better mood. Um, but I'll still do the efforting. I still do the efforting, you know, and I, and I do it even without knowing that I'm trying to do it. And, um, yeah, but there's just this constant up and down all the time. And, um, from moment to moment, from day to day, from period to period. And, um, I'm not feeling too bad today, but some other days, (laughs) I'm totally consumed in my crazy. <laughs> and um, I don't know, there's just a growing appreciation for being okay with being okay with all of it. And I can't even tell anybody how to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, it's just a, an ongoing awareness, isn't it? You yeah. know? It's like, well, just like um, you said when you were in the shower and, oh, just let it be, let it go. Mm -hmm. You're right. It didn't come from an efforting. Mm -hmm. It just came. Yeah. And somehow it was allowed to come. Mm -hmm. And I don't know (laughs) how that, that happens other than this idea of surrender. And, um, but you, I've tried to, I've tried to intentionally surrender. <laughs> that, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> no. So yeah, it's a mystery. It's you a know? mystery. It's a yeah. total mystery, but it sure is nice to have some sense of what go, what is going on. I mean, for most of my life, I had no idea that, um, my thinking was creating my experience. I thought there was just experience and I was experiencing it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, no sense that there was some sort of um, stream of personal thought feeling that was what was actually creating my experience of what happened. And wow, I think that's a gift because mm-hmm. um, it means that that's the only place well, 
I want to say that it means that the only thing I have to look at then is my thought and feeling. But I don't want to do that because then I go into my crazy, you know. <laughs> it just means that I don't have to look at the rest of the world. I don't have to fix the rest of the world. I don't have to change other people's behavior. I don't have to um, uh, avoid busy traffic. I don't have to, um, you know, manage my life in such a way anymore. I can just kind of live my life, have these experiences, and know that for the most part, I'm I'm getting more aware of um, being aware of my thinking you know, and what it, and how how powerful it is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Oh, I like that very much. Well, this has been great, Janelle. It's just so lovely to chat to you about this stuff. It's always so fun to explore these things. And yeah, yeah. me too. I just oh. love it. <laughs> oh, good. It's good. <laughs> So, so for the invite. oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, why don't you let people know where they can find out more about you if they'd like to do that? Sure. Um, I have, um, when I was doing more intentional work of sharing the three principles and um, just collecting information for myself about the three principles and other stuff that just interested me, um, I created a website um, about 10 years ago. And it's called uh, procrastinationpublications.com. And it means nothing to most people, but it means something to me because um, it's just part of my sense of humor where I uh, used to write a newsletter for my family. It was always late when I sent it out. (laughs) And um, so it was called Procrastination. It was published by Procrastination Publications. So um, on that website, it's got information if anyone wanted to reach out to me for any reason. Um, to contact me, as well as um, uh, tons of uh, 3P resources. And um, I've, uh, the site's not in the best shape at the moment, um, but the resources are there. I haven't added any to them since about 2018, because by then, the principles were getting so big, I couldn't keep up on everything. So I just stopped. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But everything I got before that is still there. Um, links to all sorts of websites and um, yeah, interesting articles and videos and things like that. So there's that website. And I write a blog um, whenever I'm inspired. Sometimes I'll write three or four months, sometimes none. Um, But they appear on um, my regular face, my personal Facebook page, as well as on um, my, um, I have a 3P services Facebook page as well. Okay, great. So I'll put links as ever uh, in the show notes at uh, unbrokenpodcast.com. And uh, so people can follow up on that. And did I, I think I told you your website was like the second one that I found when I started. Oh, really? About. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the, um, what do they call that? The, the SEO was really good. Whatever the search terms I was using, it found you right away. <laughs> yeah. It's not funny. Well, there's, um, I have no SEO on there. It's like the most basic site in the entire world. There's nothing, nothing like it's, you know, I got, I got the cheapest software I could find and the easiest to use that had like, a, you know, a very limited template on what you could do. And um, so I'm not sure, but it, it just, it definitely has collected lots of um, people seeing it because I was getting about, um, uh, I don't know, about anywhere from 1,200 to 2,000 um, hits on it uh, a week. 
So, um, but I had no idea. There's no way of tracking any of that stuff. And I'm not interested in that <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right. But it's it's just, I guess, nice to know that people use it other than me. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was a great, I loved it. It was a fantastic resource when I was at the beginning of my journey. So thank you for Beautiful. that. You're very <laughs> welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> well, it's lovely chatting with you today, Janelle. Take care. Yeah. Lovely to see you too, Alexandra. And thanks for um, having me in for a visit. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. If you'd like to connect, go to alexandraamore.com forward slash connect. I'll see you next time.